0: Many of us have probably heard the story of blessed Pier Giorgio Frasati. He lived in the years nineteen oh one to nineteen twenty-five. And you know, many of the recent generations of Catholic youth revere him because he feels close to them and attractive at the same time. During his life, you know, which was a short life, only twenty-four years of age, friends flocked to him because he loved living life intensely. I think nothing speaks more loudly. So the young man's, the young woman's heart, then somebody who lives intensely. If you wanted to find him, you had to look for him on the ski slopes or hiking in the mountains or laughing in the the midst of a huge group of friends. There's a picture of him from his last mountain climb, and there is a caption he wrote, verso l'alto, which means in Italian, you know, towards the heights. I think this sums up his attitude towards life and living the faith. You know, his friends loved him because he was always good for a joke or a story. But I think that's something that, you know, that, that distinguishes him, and part of the reason why he's on the way to the altars, to the honor of being a saint, is that he was also skilled at sharing his love for Jesus, and especially his love for the Eucharist. At one point, he was writing a letter to other young friends Uh, speaking to them about receiving communion frequently, and he wrote, And when you become totally consumed by this Eucharistic fire, then you will be able to thank with greater awareness the Lord God, who has called you to be part of his flock, and you will enjoy that peace with which those who are happy according to the world have never tasted. Because true happiness, young people, does not consist in the pleasures of the world and in earthly things But in peace of conscience, which we can have only if we are pure in heart and in mind. And so this youthful spirit and love for Jesus in the Eucharist have led him to the glory of the altars. And we look to him as blessed Pier Giorgio Frasati, a patron for Catholic youth and young adults. And I think it's something you know that speaks today in the gospel. We'll hear this, this story of the vocation, the call of the first disciples. And I think we can take a cue from recent Holy Fathers who have also had a special love for the youth. For example, we can think of the tremendous phenomenon of World Youth Day begun by Pope John Paul II and continued by his successors. And I still remember the first year after Pope Francis had been elected, he had to go to Brazil for the World Youth Day there. And, you know, it was this tremendous experience because this Pope from the continent of of America was returning. So so something very exciting. You could feel the emotion, you know, through the TV screen. I was watching on TV, like I'm sure many of you were as well. But at the same time, you know, from what I understand, and I've spoken with people that went, there were a lot of logistical hurdles. And so one of the, you know, one of the big things is always kind of the concluding prayer vigil and mass with the Holy Father. Well, the airport where they had wanted to do that was flooding, and so they had to move everything. You know, where do you go in Brazil? Well, to the beach, right? And so that's where the final mass ended up being. But uh, the, the prayer vigil there on the iconic Playa de Copacabana was the perfect setting for the encounter between the Pope and the youth, a place known for youth but not always for faith, and it was transformed into a place to adore God. And I still remember watching this discourse of the Holy Father. You know, in Spanish, he said, Jueguen para adelante. So the translation isn't quite as, uh, as powerful, but he says, Young people, please, don't put yourselves at the tail end of history. Be active members. Go on the offensive. Play down the field. Build a better world. A world of brothers and sisters. A world of justice. Of love. Of peace. Of fraternity. Of solidarity. Play always on the offensive. St. Peter tells us that we are living stones which form a spiritual edifice. You know, now getting pretty close to kickoff for the game tonight. I hope that the Packers follow his advice, but we'll see what happens. You know, if we look at today's gospel, we see how Jesus was always pressing forward. You know, he was somebody on the offensive. He wasn't just sitting back and waiting for what would happen. And this is the spirit that we need in our own church he knew that he had his mission to preach the kingdom of God. And we catch a glimpse of him doing so in the gospel. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. When we hear these words, it's easy for us to concentrate on the aspect of repentance. But I think we should also focus on the aspect of evangelization. Of spreading the gospel. Letting others know what it means for us to have met Jesus and for him to have changed our lives. And I think, you know, specifically thinking of the youth, of the young people, what do they need more than they need Jesus? We're also witnesses the powerful scene of Jesus calling the first disciples. When Jesus dedicates himself to the work of spending time with Simon, Andrew, James, and John, converting them first into disciples and then into apostles, he maps out the work we are called to do with the young people today. And they, you know, here at St. Philip's we do in the Newman Center First, a culture of encounter. Jesus went to where the people were. He knew that he wanted Simon and Andrew. And so he went to where they were casting their nets. Similarly, it is wonderful to see so many opportunities for encounter in the context of the Newman Center. This encounter takes place first with others. Young people like to congregate. Young people like being with other young people. Coming together in social events or in outreach gives these young people a sense that there is something more to life than what the world has to offer. Encounter with others leads to encounter with oneself. You know, I think one of the great dangers of today is that we never have a moment of silence, of introspection, to look at who we are. And this is especially rampant among young people. But, this, you know, these you know, small group discussions and the opportunity for confession, spiritual direction leads them to that opportunity for greater self-knowledge. And this all sets up this is key to set up success in life and to prepare for the greatest encounter with Christ, with Jesus. Sacramental life and a life of prayer complete the culture of encounter that we need to foster with our young people. Secondly, discipleship. Jesus calls each of them by name. Jesus calls each one of us by name. And that's why at baptism we receive our name. That's how Jesus calls us. The personal connection with the young people is key to forming them into disciples. To be a disciple is to be a student, to learn from someone else. This is an important stage in spiritual development, indeed one in which we all participate in some way throughout our Christian lives. Our young people have opportunities to grow in their faith formation. Some who still need some of the sacraments might participate in RCIA, Or adult confirmation classes and each year we have people coming into the church or coming into you know receiving the sacrament of confession or of confirmation and you know becoming adults in the faith others will benefit from the small group meetings larger gatherings and one-on-one encounters to grow in their sense of being a disciple and after learning after having those those moments at the feet of Jesus well it's time to be an apostle this is the end goal for each one of us as Christians Christ sends us out. That's what the word apostle means, the one who is sent. And that's who we are. That's why we end the mass. You know, the masses end ended. Go in peace. In Latin Nisa est, you know, the mass is sent. You know, we're sent out on mission. Christ sends us out. Pope Francis spoke about how the young people are called to be apostles in his document, Christus vivit. All should regard us as friends and neighbors, like the apostles who enjoy the goodwill of all the people. Yet at the same time, we must dare to be different, to point to ideals other than those of this world, testifying to the beauty of generosity, service, purity, perseverance, forgiveness, fidelity to our personal vocation, prayer, the pursuit of justice and the common good, love for the poor, and social friendship. I've been impressed to see students and young adults reaching out to their peers who have never had a religious formation, religious background. Now, it's something that's impressive. Sometimes after Mass, one of the students will come, or with a friend, and say, oh, this is the first time that he's coming to Mass, the first time that she's been in a church. They bring them, you know, they bring them to adoration, to the Newman Center events. All of this helps to bring young people to Jesus. That's the important thing. Young people today, as in every age, need Jesus, and it's our job to make Jesus available to them. So I think that you know today I'm, I'm very happy to, to share reasons for hope. You know, so easy, it's so easy to look into the world, you know, all you have to do is turn on the news, or you know, look up the current political situation, and it's enough to be discouraged. But there's so much reason for hope. It's such a great blessing that here at St. Phillips, we can look to the Newman Center and see reasons for hope. When we're helping young people build a culture of encounter, grow as disciples, and be sent forth as apostles, we can look at them and see that we are called as well. So what can we do? Conclusion, we want to share in the beautiful vocation of the first apostles. So I invite you to encounter discipleship and apostolate. Look for encounter with Jesus through receiving communion devoutly and praying as if your life depended on, on it. Foster your discipleship through focused formation. You know, maybe some of us signed up for Friends in Faith a while ago, but life has gotten busy, and so we've kind of drifted away. Well, maybe now is the time to come back or to sign up. There's always the opportunity to grow, to, to join one of the groups and to make sure that you're working on your own formation. And do apostolate. You know, maybe one of the first things is, is sharing And the joy of the Newman Center, you know, this Wednesday at 7 p.m., we'll have the the virtual fundraiser, and you'll be able to to find out so many great things that are happening, and be renewed in your own spirit. Because it's important that we don't read the gospel just as a story of something that happened, you know, 2,000 years ago, but it's something that touches our hearts today. Today, we should hear Christ calling to us, and we should respond to him with a resounding, yes, Lord, I will follow you.